My friends, I can't help but uh, be reminded of MBA school every time we have today's second reading, especially uh, the 15th verse from 1 Peter chapter 3. Peter was speaking to the early church, and he's reaching through time and speaking to each of us when he says, always be ready to give an explanation to anyone who asks you for a reason for your hope. In the MBA school, we were taught to always have a 60-second elevator speech ready, just in case you were in the elevator and the doors open and the CEO walked in. You wanted to have something impressive to say to him or her. St. Paul gets it absolutely right in Romans 8, 24. He gives a perfect answer. His reason for hope is because in hope we were saved. Pope Benedict XVI, he kind of piggybacks on Romans 8 in Space Salve when he says because his reason for hope is because we see a distinguishing mark of Christians, the fact that we have a future. It is not that we know the details of what awaits us, but we know in general terms that our lives will not end in emptiness. My friends, I do think it is, is as simple as that, isn't it? I have hope because while I have spent much of my life in that rat race, I was left unfulfilled by the rat race, but then I found Jesus Christ. I found our Lord and now I know that my life will not end in emptiness. I discovered, as I've been uh, preaching about recently, I've discovered the Father's voice, which is to say, as St. Paul uh, says in 1 Corinthians 13, the Father's voice that is patient and kind. The Father's voice that is not jealous or boastful or rude. The voice that doesn't seek its own interests or keep accounts of wrongdoings. No, the Father's voice rejoices in the truth. And I've discovered that the truth is that I am loved. I am a beloved son. That's why I have hope. My friends, hope increases when we know that we are loved. But Pope Benedict XVI also said that to have hope means to know that we are definitely loved and that whatever happens to us, we are awaited by love. I discovered that I am loved. No matter what, I am awaited by love. Our loving Father waits for me. And so I have hope. I know that I am called to also spread this hope, as Peter did, with gentleness and reverence. It really is, I think, as simple as that. I pray that all of you have discovered that you are loved, that we have all come to know and to truly believe that we are loved. And that over and over again, all of us have experienced God's love. We've experienced God's unconditional and merciful love. That God loves us and that he is enough. And so we have hope.
Please, God, we have hope because we have come to believe that God's love is so great, infinite, that it could not be contained and had to be shared. And so God created the whole world out of nothing. And after his greatest creatures, the human person, turned their backs on him, he didn't turn away. He loved them unconditionally, loved them even in their sin. Ultimately breaking into our human condition, becoming one of us, so that he could save us by taking on the punishment that is rightly owed for our sin. And so we have hope. We have hope because we have come to realize, please God, that God is not a master. He is a loving father and that we are not his slaves. We are all his beloved children. My friends, I have hope because even though much of my life I had no idea of the graces I received so long ago on the day of my baptism, I have come to know and to believe that God is, as the psalmist sang, well, he has changed the sea into dry land. And that like the Israelites, I too did pass from slavery to freedom. While I may have ignored these graces, especially the grace that God was dwelling within me, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but I have hope because God was patient, because God was persistent, and that he slowly nudged me to recognize and embrace this baptismal grace. I have hope because even though I spent about 10 seconds picking a confirmation saint, and honestly, not a lot more preparing for this extraordinary gift of confirmation. Yet again, God was patient. He was persistent. And he helped me to eventually discover and unpack the grace of my confirmation, allowing me to be strengthened in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, including fear of the Lord, that lowest of the gifts, that awe and wonder of God that is so lacking these days. This was, of course, so beautifully sung by the psalmist today. I know I am a soldier for Christ. I've been given a portion of God's salvific plan, and now my hope is rooted in the reality, as Jesus said in today's gospel, that he and the Father sent the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, and not just upon the early church, and not just upon the church throughout the ages, but upon me personally. And not just at my confirmation, but literally every day, every moment of my life, the Holy Spirit is being poured upon me personally, and he has not left me orphaned. That through the gift of faith, I do see him. I see him in the sacraments. I encounter him personally in the sacraments. And now I know that I am more alive than I ever have been before. And I am experiencing peace and joy in a new and more profound way as I remain in him and he remains in me. For he has, as he said in today's gospel, continued to reveal himself to me in deeper and more profound ways. I have hope because as Jesus said to the apostles so long ago at the Last Supper, 
do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. And he reaches through time and space to say these same words to me and to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. And these words are not simply some sort of suggestion, a way to have happiness, no. He commands me, he commands you to not have troubled hearts, to not have fearful hearts. And I have come to know and truly believe that if he commands me to do something, then I do then have a choice, don't I? I can choose to have an untroubled heart. I can choose to not be consumed by worldly fear. And I can also be assured that I have access to the abundance of grace then to achieve it. I have hope because even though I don't like myself sometimes, I've discovered that God does. God, in fact, loves me. He delights in me. And that there is some aspect of his truth, beauty, and goodness that would not have been manifested, not have been made known if he had not created me. I am needed, and so are you. I have hope because God doesn't love me because I am good. He loves me because he is good. In fact, he is goodness itself. And that his love is so great, he gave us the sacrament of mercy, the confessional where in faith we encounter love and mercy. And therefore, I have hope. And I've come to know, as Father Caron said, hope does not come from what I do, but from the awareness that there is someone who loves me with, his, with this everlasting love. I have hope because like Philip, who lacked understanding and was very confused only last week in the gospel. Ultimately, this week became a tremendous instrument of grace to many, someone who helped bring joy to all the nations, and that if God could do this in Philip, that he can certainly do it in me. I too can be and have been God's instrument to bring many who are paralyzed by worldly fear or crippled by sin to experience the joy of the resurrection. I have hope because I have discovered that the commandments are not something that enslaves me, but a love letter that sets me free. So I have hope because no matter how sinful I may be at times, God loves me. I know this to be true, and he will never leave me. He will never leave me an orphan. He will never stop loving me unconditionally, and he'll never stop giving me the grace to ultimately please God to be a saint. And so I'm filled with hope. I have hope because I have come to discover that my relationship with God is not about a feeling. It's not about emotion. It's about reality, a reality that I am loved, whether I feel this love or not, that God's love is always and infinitely and unconditionally and mercifully offered to me, and so I have hope. I have hope because I have discovered 
that only God could fulfill me, regardless of whether my vocation was to marriage as I had hoped or to the holy priesthood, which became my reality, my life would be empty in part without Jesus Christ, without him, that he seeks me, waits to encounter me in the sacraments and in daily prayer. And so I have hope. I am wanted. I am sought. And I have hope because I know that to the deepest fiber of my being that Jesus Christ is truly present in the most blessed sacrament. Fooling my senses, fooling all of our senses, his body, blood, soul, and divinity is truly present here in this altar in a few minutes in what only appears to be bread and wine so that I can receive him in a deeper, more profound way than the disciples did when they walked the streets of Jerusalem with him. All this so that I can and you can be divinized, made more like him, made more like God, that we can all become saints and find true peace, unimaginable joy, and ultimately everlasting life. You know, 57 kids from our parish received First Holy Communion yesterday morning. They are experiencing this hope in a new and truly profound way. They're so beautiful and innocent, and they, too, give me hope. My friends, I know my story is not unique. Please, God, we have all experienced God's love, and that you, too, are filled with hope, and have hope because you know that God can do great things in and through each of us. If we allow him to, he only needs a crack. That we can all be bright lights in an increasingly dark and hot mess world simply by living peace and joy amongst the chaos that surrounds us. For in the end, our elevator speech begins simply with a smile. You know, I was given that opportunity on Thursday. I had lunch with my mom out in Culpeper. You know, moms, uh, happy Mother's Day. Moms do bring out uh, the best in us, don't they? They, they uh, bring out this uh, gentleness and reverence uh, within us by simply being themselves. And we were really enjoying ourselves, uh, just the two of us at lunch and uh, I could see uh, the owner of this restaurant was kind of like circling around. He finally came over to talk to us. I think he was just curious about where our joy came from. He's very well read. He started talking to me about Dante and, and Augustine and all these things. But turns out he claims to be an atheist. So I was giving him some things to chew on, and, and we, uh, I couldn't get him to go away, to be perfectly honest. I think he enjoyed, uh, being, uh, with us, but, uh, it was a pleasant conversation. And please God, the Lord planted some seeds, because faith, even the smallest faith, leads to hope, which leads to love. And a returning of our love to God, who is love itself. He then increases our hope and strengthens our faith. It is this beautiful circle of life, that circle of eternal life. My friends, I know that was way, way longer than 60 seconds. It seems 
my elevator got stuck. You know, I, it is difficult, I think, at times to look around our, our truly troubled, chaotic world and have hope. But I pray you are men, women, and children of hope because you love the Lord. And you love and trust his plan for you personally and for our troubled world. And truly believe that your life will not end in emptiness. Let us share this joy. Let us give the hopeless a reason for hope. And may God be praised. Amen.